News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And welcome to it. It is uh, six minutes after seven o'clock here on the Employment Law Show. Reaching out, phone lines, look at that, open, ready to go, 613-521-TALK. That is a way to call into the station to ask your questions to Lior over the next hour. Employment law is what we dish out. It is an extremely important thing in your life. It governs eight hours a day for most people for all their working life, so you bet it matters what happens under that umbrella of employment law personally and for friends and for family as well. Again, 613-521-TALK is the number. Number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. We got lots of stuff to get through on the show tonight, including workplace harassment. We'll talk about employee uh, rights if harassment happens in the workplace. How about that one? That's coming up. But first, pal, the uh, the week that was. How are you? Hey, John. I am doing well, and Great. you know it was a long weekend. Uh, got a bit of rest, and I'm you know ready to go and helping as many people in the next week and, and, and next next few weeks and few months to come. This is a, a busy time of the year always uh, at my firm in the fall, uh, and it's certainly now with COVID-19, I expect it to be even busier, a lot of changes happening in the workplace. So you may find yourself in a situation that you didn't expect, uh, either with a different job, without a job, on a layoff. So we'll talk about what that all means, what your rights are, how to navigate those issues and how to solve those problems because I assure you there are solutions that are actually quite good. So we'll talk about all that and don't be bashful. You may find yourself or or have found yourself recently in a situation that's difficult. Well, call the show. Let's talk about that. Let me answer the question and tell you what to do. Uh, And by doing that, you'll be helping others that are listening as well. Or option B, of course, reach out to me in the office. We'll have a private discussion and we'll give you that contact information throughout the show. But I wanted, wanted, as I always do, to start with a couple situations uh, that came across my desk. The first one I'll talk about, actually, is not uh, based on a a specific case, but it's something that our uh, listeners have to know about. So uh, late last week, so I think it was on Thursday of last week, the Ontario government announced some changes to the Employment Standards Act. Yeah, Didn't get a lot of publicity, but here's what those changes mean. Uh, and here's what you can do about it. So in terms of what these changes are, essentially, uh, employees that are currently on a layoff, on a temporary layoff, the government said you're not really on a layoff, you're on a disability leave or on, on, on a uh, on a deemed leave until January. Right. And come January the 2nd, at that point, your employer can put you on a temporary layoff for another 35 weeks. So here's what this means. For those that are sitting at home waiting for their employer to tell them whether they're coming back or not, you may be waiting until September of next year. Jeez. You may be waiting until wow. September of 2021. By then, you would have been off work for a year and a half. So by September in 2021, yes, your employer has to make a decision. Do they call you back? Do they pay you severance? But that's a year and a half, potentially, of you being off. That's another year that you'd be waiting from now. So that's what the government has done. But here's what it really means and what what you can do about it. All that did is it told employers that you employers have the ability to wait until next year. But you, the employee, don't have to wait. You still have the ability to make the decision to treat your employment as being terminated now. So you can wait, and and if you are waiting, you may be waiting until September of next year. And at some point between now and next September, you'll find out what your employer wants to do. 
So that's call it option one. But the second option, the one that I actually think makes the most sense right now, instead of waiting another year, is to treat your employment as being terminated and require your employer to pay you severance. So these changes that the government implemented last week do not prevent that. All it does is it gives the employer more time if you wish to give them that time. But you can still treat that as a termination. And for many people, I think that is the best option. You may have been gone off, uh, may have gone off recently on a layoff. Maybe you went off on a layoff as early as March. Well, now, given the fact that the company may not get back to you for another year, you may want to say enough is enough. Give me my severance. For many of you, that could be as much as two years pay, depending on your, on your circumstances. Reach out to me if that's what you want to do. Otherwise, unfortunately, you could be waiting uh, quite a while longer. Which seems like an absolutely crazy option. I mean, you think a year ago we weren't talking about a worldwide pandemic either, and look where we are. So, so many things can happen to a company between now and next September. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, maybe going out of business. Going out of business, not to mention that in the meantime, you still have to, to get compensation. You still need to have your, your income so that you can pay your bills. Well, what severance is, is your compensation, your full compensation for a period of time to give you some additional time to find another job. So you're absolutely right, John. For It doesn't make much sense to continue waiting. It's one thing if you, okay, I'll wait another couple of weeks and see what happens. That makes sense. But potentially another year? No. Jeez. That, uh, to me, doesn't make sense. Probably better off to just get severance and move on. Again, call us here on the show. Phone lines are open. You have questions about this or anything else, 613-521-TALK. To reach out to Lior, by the way, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address, and 1-855-821-5900 for more of a private conversation. What else you got going on? Actually, this morning I spoke with a gentleman that uh, called me. He had been called back to work a couple of weeks ago, uh, but uh, only on a part-time basis. He was always a full-time employee. He'd been there for eight years. And his employer, when they called him back, he said, well, two options you have, employee. You can come back to work part-time instead of full-time, or we can just let you go and pay severance. He said, this is without talking to me. I'll just take my severance. Thank you. So uh, a couple of days later, he gets a letter with the severance. Company says, we're only going to pay you eight weeks because of the fact that you had another job that you could have come back to. Uh, you chose not to, so we're only going to give you eight weeks. He reached out to me, and he wanted to know, is this right? Should I get less severance because I could have gone back part-time? Well, the answer, John, is absolutely not. You do not get less severance. He had no obligation to ever agree to go part-time because his employer doesn't have a right to reduce him from full-time to part-time, even if it's because of COVID. So because his employer didn't have a right to do that and he chose not to accept that, if his employer terminates his employment, they have to pay him his full severance. For him, after eight years, that's about nine months' pay that I assessed him as being owed. So forget about eight weeks that they've offered him. They owe him right around nine months' pay. So that's important, and I wanted to remind everyone of this. Number one, sir, if you lose your job right now, you're owed your full severance. Not a question. Company can't say that because of COVID-19, they'll pay less. But number two, even if there's another job for you, if that job is very different in terms of hours, compensation, responsibilities, you also don't have to accept it. And if as a result of you not accepting, the company lets you go, yeah, severance has to be paid. Your full severance, they don't get a break, they don't get a discount. If you're not sure what to do, what to say, if you're owed more, just give me a call. You know, that's one of those cases where so many people would say, 
No, okay, makes sense. Yeah, I could have got half a job, so I guess you gave me a fraction of my severance. Okay, thanks. I appreciate you stepping up anyway, and I'll take it. Man, oh, man, he obviously listens to the show. He does, and that's exactly why he called, and I'm very happy that he did because he knew that yeah. that didn't sound right, and he knew that he'd probably be owed more, and sure enough. Uh, and hopefully now that you know better because you've listened, you know what to do. If you or someone that you know is in a similar situation, tell them to reach out. Let's make sure that they get their full entitlements. Again, that's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out to Lior when we're done here or any other time. We'll take a short break here. Workplace harassment, if it happens to you, let's talk about that after the break. Again, phone lines open here at the station. Call us, talk to us, 613-521-TALK, Employment Law Show on News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer, Lior Samviru, on News Talk 580 CFRA. 719, we are back and welcome to it. Uh, 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call into the station for the remainder of the show. Ask your questions for Lior. If you have something about your job going back after COVID-19 or just a plain old employment law question, that's why the phone lines are open. 613-521-TALK is the way. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any time when we're not doing the show, you want lots more information on employment law, it's free. It's anonymous. Can't beat it. Pocket employment. EmploymentLawyer.ca. I want to get to this, though, as we uh, get some calls lined up, and that is workplace harassment. Let's talk about employee rights if harassment happens in the workplace. This has become a bigger and hotter topic, I'd say, over the last four or five years at least, right? Yeah. And when I started practicing law all these years ago, you know, obviously harassment was an issue, it was a thing, but but it wasn't something that people spoke about as often. It wasn't something that was in the forefront of, of what we think about when it comes to employment law. Well, that that's definitely changed right now. We understand that harassment is a real issue, that harassment is something that happens more often than, than we'd like to think, and that it can have an impact on employees, on employers, uh, on someone's health and well-being, and the productivity of the workplace. So it's a real issue that we need to talk about, and we need to make sure that individuals know how to address the situation that they may find themselves in. First, what is considered to be harassment? So harassment is actually a very broad term, and it refers to any type of behavior or, or conduct that is unwelcome. Uh, any type of conduct that viewed objectively would be considered inappropriate and unwelcome in the workplace. So that could mean anything from uh, being called names to being put down to being ignored uh, to being disrespected. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're being... Uh, if vulgar language is used. So any type of right. that type of conduct that would be considered and viewed objectively as being unwelcome, not appropriate, is workplace harassment, obviously, if it happens in the workplace. So it is a broad thing, and it doesn't really matter if it's uh, something that happens uh, from your boss, from a supervisor, a co-worker. Anything that touches on the workplace that involves unwelcome conduct is what we would call workplace harassment. 613-521-TALK. That is the call-in number to ask a question anytime during the show here with Lior. Should an employee talk to their boss if they're being harassed? And, of course, I'm going to have a part two to that question, but go ahead. Yeah, and, and that is usually the first thing one should do is talk to someone. Talk to someone in the workplace. And the reason I say that is because our laws have been modified a number of years ago to make it clear that employers have an, a duty and an obligation 
to fix workplace harassment, to investigate it, to take measures to deal with it. So what you don't want is an employer to say, oh, I didn't know, you didn't tell me, you didn't give me an opportunity to fix the issue. So if you are a victim of workplace harassment, if you are a victim of a poisoned work environment, what you want to do, if at all possible, is to talk to your employer, talk to HR, talk to a supervisor, the owner, someone in, in the position of authority, tell them what happened, be as detailed as possible and follow up in writing. Remember my rule, you want everything, everything to be in writing and give the company the, the ability to, to take a look and to take measures. Uh, very important to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. Always your first step. Okay, and here comes part two. What if the person of authority, the boss, the one to report to, is the one doing harassing? Yes, and that's usually what I get. Well, wait a second, yeah. Lior. You've said to me that I should talk to my boss, talk to someone in authority, but it's the one in authority that's harassing me. It's the boss. It's the owner. Who am I going to talk to about the owner? You're absolutely right. If it is that type of a situation, yes, obviously you cannot then talk to your boss. You cannot then deal with it internally. If you can't deal with it internally, we have to deal with it externally. And that means I then have to get involved. And either I can try to fix the problem or more likely get you out of there with compensation. One of the things you're able to do is to to leave your employment with compensation if you're being harassed. Now, to do that, I would want you to have some, some way to show what's happened. Keep records of what happened, times, dates, maybe send emails to your boss confirming what was said, what was done, so that later on your boss can't just deny it. But if you can't deal with the harassment internally, if you've tried or you haven't tried but you know it's not possible because there's no one to talk to, then that's when you reach out to me. Let's deal with it externally. What you shouldn't do is just ignore it and hope it goes away. I've seen this more times than I can ever hope to count. It doesn't go away on its own. You have to deal with it. You can deal with it right now, too. Other questions about uh, employment law, 613-521-TALK. We'd love to get you on the air here and uh, have a bit of a conversation with you. I, think, I, I would imagine a lot of the reason, either now or even more historically, when you mentioned it never came to the fore, the reason why people wouldn't bring up harassment complaints is they're going to be afraid to get fired, right? Is that realistic? Yeah, and that's always a fear. Well, if I complain or bring that, that issue, am I going to lose my job? Are they going to think less of me? Am I going to be punished somehow? Uh, and that's always, always a concern that individuals have. So let's be very clear. It is completely illegal to punish, penalize, mistreat an employee in any way for bringing up workplace harassment issues. Completely inappropriate. We call that a reprisal. That will be a violation of at least two, potentially three statutes. That's how bad it is. And an employer that does that is going to find that the law comes down pretty hard on employers that do that. You have this right, this dome of protection, I call it, around you if you want to raise a harassment issue. And that's true regardless of how serious it is. It's true whether or not it's a big or small issue or if you can prove it or not. Just by raising it, you have this protection. And if you even get an inkling that your employer is trying to uh, punish you in any way because you did that, you reach out to me and I'll deal with it. You should never, ever be afraid to re- to raise harassment issues. If it's a very big company, you just, you're ignorant, you don't know where to go, can they sidestep everybody and come right to you and ask you the question? Yeah, so if if, if they can, they should, and I'm always happy to, to, to talk to someone about uh, that issue and, and to help and, and to try to resolve it. Now, 
I always say, if you can deal, deal with it internally, if there's someone there, let's do it. If you're not sure how to do it, who to do it with, uh, who to talk to, or whether you should do it at all, let's talk about it. But yes, absolutely. I deal with workplace harassment issues on behalf of employees, on behalf of clients all the time, so don't hesitate to reach out. If someone were to uh, file a complaint, they believe it's harassment, they, 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 they thought it was, they filed a complaint, they went through the proper channels, and it turns out they were not harassed. It doesn't fall under that umbrella. What happens then? Because again, they're going to be afraid to get fired for it, right? Right. So a couple things. Number one, if you complain about harassment and it's determined, maybe it's determined there was a misunderstanding, it's not mm-hmm. harassment, even if it's not harassment, you cannot be punished in any way. So as I said, you should always feel comfortable to, to complain, to raise that issue, to tell your employer that you have this problem. And they then have a strict obligation to investigate in good faith. They have to. Now, keep in mind, if they investigate and they determine that there's no harassment, that doesn't mean there really isn't. Maybe they didn't do a good investigation. Maybe they didn't uh, properly look at all the facts. Maybe they're trying to avoid it. If that happens, then you reach out to me as well. So you can't say, well, a company said there's no harassment. I guess I'm stuck here. Not at all. If you disagree with their conclusion, let's talk about that. We may be able to force their, the issue. I, as I said, we may be able to get you out of there with compensation. So don't just you know, be uh, afraid or back off because your employer says there's no harassment. If you agree with their conclusion, maybe you understand things differently now, fine. Otherwise, you reach out to me. Again, keep it uh, keep it with you and keep it marked down. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred would be the number to reach out. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we use here on the show as well. I want to talk about legal recourse uh, if there is workplace harassment on the way. We'll get to some of your emails and the phone calls. Again, the lines are open as we get into a break here. 613-521-TALK is the way to call out. 613-521-TALK. Lots more. The Employment Law Show is on the way. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru, on News Talk 580 CFRA. And we are back, you bet. 7.34 is the time. The phone number is 613-521-TALK. Whether you're a victim of workplace harassment, you're dealing in a workplace or working in a workplace that has become subject to it, or anything else, give us a call, 613-521-TALK. Have a chat on air. Get some answers. It's really simple. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And we are talking about workplace harassment. Flip it over now to the employer angle. Now, what should an employer do if they become aware that there is possible workplace harassment? Well, the first thing an employer has to do is to take it seriously. Okay, Gone are the days when an employer can say, Oh, uh, boys will be boys. You know, that's not acceptable. That's not on. You cannot do that. So an employer has to take it seriously. That also means an employer has to conduct an investigation. So if there's a workplace harassment issue, first thing an employer has to do is look into it. Talk to people around. Talk to the individual filing the complaint. Talk to people who may know something and seen something. Depending on the situation, if it's a more complex situation, that may mean the employer should be bringing someone from the outside to conduct the investigation, that they shouldn't necessarily do it themselves. But first thing is take it seriously, conduct an investigation, figure out what actually happened. And then ultimately, if there is an appropriate behavior, if there is harassment, deal with it, take measures to rectify it. 
Either that means in some situations it means you have to let someone go. Other situations you need to punish someone, you know, maybe uh, give them a warning or a suspension. Sometimes you need to implement new policies or you do need to provide training for people as to what's considered appropriate behavior. There's a number of things that an employer can do to fix the problem, but what they cannot do under any circumstances is ignore it, try to sweep it under the rug, hope that it goes away. None of those things are appropriate. None of those things are actually going to happen. So take it seriously and deal with the harassment. If it's a case where it's, uh, you know, like a little mom and pop shop, they're doing a convenience store, pizza shop or something like that, and maybe it's a, a case of harassment with one or two employees in there, and they don't have robust HR, they don't know where to go, What are they? who do they get advice from? Come to someone like you? Yeah, they, they can come to, to someone like me, and we can talk about how to deal with it. Uh, if it's a simple matter, we can tell them, you know, here's how you investigate in other situations, we can we can connect them with those who can conduct an investigation. But saying, oh, we're a small company, frankly, that is not an excuse. The employees still have a right to be in a harassment-free work environment. So a big company with thousands of employees or a small company with three, still the same. You still have a right to be working without harassment. The employer still has that obligation to ensure that harassment-free work environment uh, and saying we didn't know or saying we, did, we, we were not sure what to do, frankly, that, that's just not good enough. You want to reach out after the show, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're going to get to some emails here in uh, just a moment. But uh, for the remainder of our time, we still have the phone lines open at the station, 613-521-TALK. Of course, a live show tonight, as it always is on your Tuesday. So glad to have you on the air. Now, the company determines that an employee was guilty, was guilty of harassment, they found out. Does that mean they can fire that employee for cause? Does it rise to that level? Potentially, yes, depending on the harassment. And, you know, there are degrees of harassment, right? As I said before, harassment is a very broad term. So not every incident of harassment is going to be the same as, as another one. So if, if it's minor issue, you know, it's just inappropriate, you know, words used, uh, but it's not anything too outrageous, then no, that, that wouldn't be a termination for cause. It may cause for other discipline, warning, maybe give someone training as to appropriate conduct. Uh, and that may be all the employer is required to do. In other situations, the conduct could be terrible. You know, this person really was a, uh, you know, in, acting in a terrible way, uh, putting someone down, uh, using abusive language, uh, you know, creating a very, very terrible environment. Yeah, in that situation, that could be cause for dismissal, and the company may be able to terminate the employee without any compensation. But regardless of, of what the uh, the appropriate remedy is, it starts with the employer figuring out what happened and taking it seriously. Uh, and other situations, by the way, John, may be, well, clearly these two people can't work together, so we have to figure out a way to separate them. Maybe put them in different areas or different shifts, what have you. Uh, there's a number of things that an employer can do, including a termination for cause. Uh, and always, you know, the rule that I always use is the punishment should fit the crime. And all the while this is going down both sides, that is the accuser or the ones who are accusing someone and the employer should be taking comprehensive written notes and keeping them with them, right? At all times. Yes, absolutely. That's especially true for that person who is complaining about harassment. Yep. Yes, you want to have, number one, you want to have notes of, of when you were harassed or what happened. You know, like I said, keep a diary or a journal. Or maybe, as I said before, send an email. You know, confirming what was said and what was done. Create that record. Very important yeah. you do that. Okay, so create that record for you. Uh, if there is an investigation, uh, write down who you spoke to and, and when and what was said. 
If you file a complaint, make sure you follow up in writing so that there's a record that you've done that. Always in writing, always in writing, uh, words to live by. 613-521-TALK is the number. We'll uh, bounce over to the uh, the phone calls, get uh, Doug on the line here. Hi, Doug. Thanks for standing by. Good evening. Thank you. Um, two quick questions, uh, yep. same subject. Uh, I have a friend in Calgary who works for an airline. I don't think we should mention it, but we all know <laughs> which airline it is. Uh, he works in the IT department, and he was advised in March he's going to be uh, terminated. Uh, he started off on UI, then they swung him over to CERB, and then the uh, 75% subsidy program. So my question is, when he actually does leave the, the, the company, what is what salary is severance based on it? Is, is it his, like, say, March 1 salary or the salary he's getting now? So right now he's presumably not working. He's just sitting at home getting Correct. the subsidy? Correct. So, yeah, so it would be the salary that he had pre-termination, the salary that he had, it's not pre-termination, pre-COVID, uh, yeah. when he was actually working. So that would be the salary that would be used to calculate his severance, because uh, by definition, the subsidy is a, is a time-limited type of a payment. Mm-hmm. So once he's no longer there, they would have to calculate uh, severance based on that. How long has he been there for? 17 years. Wow. <laughs> he's actually now, in this position, is this a union position? No. Uh, he, he's in, uh, he looks after, he's one of the, he was one of the people that looked after the reservation system. It's an IT I see. job. Uh, I got it. Uh, so, second, so he would be entitled, to, you know, probably anywhere from fourteen to sixteen months' pay is what I would think he would be owed in that situation. So, that significant entitlements. Now, yeah. if and when the time comes uh, to that, have him reach out to me. Uh, I can connect him with an excellent lawyer in Calgary, and I can I can make sure that he's uh, well taken care of. But okay. yes, he's not going to be losing severance because of the fact that he's on the wage subsidy right now. Second question pertaining to this. The fact that he's been told like ahead of time that he's going to be terminated on the 16th of November, does that cut into the severance? Well, if he was actually working, uh, then it would. But he, if, if he's not working, then no, it doesn't. Okay. So he, they would still have to pay him come November uh, his full severance. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's very important. And I'm sure a lot of his colleagues may not necessarily, if they're in the same situation, may not appreciate that. So you should let them know as well that they have entitlements and they would be owed their full severance. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thanks for your tug, uh, your time too, Doug. Appreciate that uh, very much. Here is that number to reach out. Uh, first the email will give you that, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Doug, and the phone number, one 821 Again, one 821 is the, uh, the way to do that. Make like Doug. Make a smart choice. Call and uh, get some answers. Now he's uh, going to set up his friend with the proper information as well, so it's worth making that uh, that phone call for the remainder of your time here. Chip, a quick email before we break. Says, the guys, I've been working from home for the last three years. My boss just told me that I have to start coming into the office two to three times a week. Can they do that? Interesting uh, situation. So yep. let's let's make it very clear that when he uh, was told that he can start or that he has to do work from home, or when he started working from home, his employer did not have to do that. So back then, his employer could have said, "No, you're not working from home. You're going to work from the office." But if he was, if despite that, they did let him work from home. Now they can't necessarily change that. Once your employer allows you to work from home, it becomes a term of employment. And if they then come to you and say, well, now we've changed our mind. 
Now we want you back in the office. Well, that could be a constructive dismissal. That's a change to the terms of employment. So for Chip, because he's been working at home for for this long, no, they can't necessarily change that. But John, I want to, because I know we probably have a lot of people that are working from home because of COVID-19. That may not necessarily apply to them because presumably when you're, you start working from home because of COVID-19, it was understood that at some point you're going to go back to work. It was never intended to be forever. Right. So in that situation, your employer does have the right to tell you to come back to work in the office. But for those that have been working at home for a while, don't didn't expect to have to go back. No, the employer can't simply change the rules and tell them now you're coming back to work. Appreciate that email, Chip. We're going to take a short break. Get to more of your emails. Stan, you're up next. Thank you for just sending that over. Uh, for you as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The email address to reach out to Leora. You can go to one 821 5900 But for the remainder of the time here, call the station. Ask a question. 613-521-TALK. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru, on News Talk 580 CFRA. And we're back. It is 747. Thank you for hanging on. You want to uh, take some time, grab a phone, punch those digits, and give us a call. Ask your question. Live show, always 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK to call in. And to email us, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to mention as well, when the show is not on the air, when we are done here, uh, just before 8 o'clock, you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is an absolutely free and anonymous website. A ton of information on employment law. And wrapped up in there as well is the uh, good old severance pay calculator, which will let you know how much severance you are owed uh, really quickly. And it is extremely accurate, so don't be shocked by the number, which kind of leads me into Stan, uh, who just emailed said, guys, myself and six other colleagues have just been let go because of cost-cutting. We all got two weeks' pay for each year of service. Is that what the law says? Not at all. Not even close to being what the law says. And it's extremely likely that uh, Stan and his colleagues are owed significantly more. And remember, by the way, that ultimately it doesn't mean that you and your colleagues get the same. uh, Because the factors that go into assessing what you're owed are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So because of that, you know, unless you have the same age, same position, same length of employment, you're not going to have the same entitlements, but it's going to be a lot more. Now, we don't know a lot of information about, about Stan and his job and his, his employment, but it's not two weeks per year. It could be more than a month per year. In some situations, it could be three months per year, depending on those factors. So there's one. that's one of the biggest misconceptions, probably one of the main reasons you and I started doing our radio shows all these years ago is because of that, exactly that misconception that it's two two weeks per year, or some people say it's a week per year. Wrong. Both of those are wrong. To find out how much you're owed, not, without worrying about is it this or is it that, to just find out for sure, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, just pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You'll see our severance calculator tool there. Once you go there, it's free, it's anonymous, it takes seconds, you answer a few questions, and you find out, what is the right severance amount for you? You can then send a link to your friends that have been let go and then tell them, check it out yourselves. We all know now people that have lost their jobs, unfortunately, because of COVID-19. Tell them about pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Do, do not let them accept less. Do not you know, be in that situation where you find out later 
that they accepted 20,000 or 50,000 less than what they were owed, then you could have done something to help them take seconds, just tell them to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Yeah, no, it's it's funny, and so many people have, have called in, they've used that, and they, they still shake their head in disbelief. Like, you know, I know it's on the website, I know the severance calculators say this, but how can I have been misguided for so many years? And people still think, you know, hmm, they have their doubts, but no, it's accurate. It is accurate, and, and, and if it wasn't, and if the, if, if the information was otherwise available, we would need to be on air right now if it's <laughs> that easy to get that information. But I try to make it easy. I try to allow everyone. It is uh, everyone to have access. It is accurate. That is what your the losses you should have. What your full entitlements are, and it's not even really that difficult in most cases to get you what you're owed. So just because your company says you get this doesn't make it so because the company doesn't decide. The law decides what what you should be getting. So if the law says you should get five times what the company's offered, well, guess what? You'll get five times more because that's what your entitlements are. So again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Still got some time to make that call. 613-521-TALK is the way to do that. Sarah's up next as uh, I'm off for five months or I am five months into my maternity leave. And got a call on Friday that the company doesn't have a job for me and that they will be paying me severance. Are they allowed to do this? Hmm. Yeah, so uh, the company does have to does have a right, of course, to pay severance. Uh, but beyond that, the real concern here is this, is if you're on maternity leave uh, and you're only five months into it, presumably you're going to be off for a while longer. Mm-hmm. The company shouldn't be deciding right now right. that they don't have a job for you seven months from now or eight or 12 months from now, right? Because things could change. The company has to bring you back after maternity leave, but they can't assess their ability to bring you back when, until it's time to do so. So I'm very concerned whenever I hear of company being too proactive and saying, well, we just wanted to let you know that we don't have a job for you in eight months. You don't know that. So it almost sounds like you're, you're not following your obligation to bring the person back. So that could be a human rights issue. That could be a breach of the Employment Standards Act. Uh, so that's illegal. Employers should not do that. Now, yes, of course they have to pay severance, but beyond that, I have other concerns. Unless it's clear, it's obvious that that job has disappeared, will never come back, will never have a use for this person, but I don't see any way how that could be clear eight months in advance. It's just not possible. So I would strongly encourage her, uh, encourage her to reach out to me so that we can discuss that in further detail. Yeah, that far in advance, it just sounds like they're kind of crystal balling it a little too much. Now, if it was something where in five or six months, they would probably have a reasonably good fiscal heads up that the department is going to be kicked out, shut down. That's different, right? Would that be okay? Right. That is different. Now, an employer does have to bring someone back after maternity leave unless that job legitimately doesn't exist. Unless something's happened that has nothing to do with the maternity leave that makes that job unavailable completely. And it's not enough for the employer to say, oh, I just hired someone else to replace you. Uh Uh-uh. That doesn't work. But in situations where the job doesn't exist legitimately, the, the department shut down, there's just no more department for you to work in. Yes. In that situation and at that time, can the employer say, fine, I don't have a job, I can let you go with severance? Keep in mind, that's the exception. And it is very difficult to legally let someone go when they come back from maternity leave. And if that's happened to you, whether you're a mother or a father for that matter, uh, coming back from your leave and there's no job for you, even if the company says, oh, it's COVID-19 related, let's make sure we dot our I's and cross our T's, make sure there's nothing else going on there 
reach out to me. Let's talk about that, and, and let's see uh, what we can do to help. Here and now, 613-521-TALK. you still got a few minutes to go. Uh, other than that, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Martin Zub says, after 10 years with my company, my last two performance reviews have not been good. Uh, I'm afraid that the company is going to let me go. What can I do? Well, there's not, there's no real way to prevent a company right. from letting someone go, and they may choose to let him go. The, the key here is not to be let go for cause, because if you are let go for cause, then the company wouldn't have to pay severance. The good news is it's very difficult, extremely difficult, in fact, to terminate employment for cause. It's reserved for the worst offenders. So, yeah, maybe his performance wasn't up to snuff recently, okay? Uh, even if that is true, that does not mean the company can let him go for cause. They would have to show that his performance was terrible, that they gave him an opportunity to uh, to uh, respond and to improve. Really, they'd almost have to show that he's doing it on purpose, frankly, in order to be able to let him go for cause. So the company could still decide to let him go. Remember, company can let you go pretty much for any reason, but severance would have to be paid. That is the key here. If you don't agree, by the way, with the performance review, if you think they're not legitimate, or maybe there's some extenuating circumstances, say that to the company. Send them a note. Tell them, here's what you've said that I've done, but here's why that's not accurate. If you do agree with it, if you think it's legitimate, do your best to improve. If the company does let you go, remember, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to establish cause. Chuck says, uh, hey, Lior, I've been trying to return back to work from a disability leave for the past month. I'm not getting any response from my employer. What do I do now? Believe it or not, uh, John, this is actually a, a fairly common uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, you've been off on a leave. Uh, you've been working hard to get better. You know, you had uh, your, your medical issue. You followed your doctor's advice. And now, finally, you're better enough to, to try to return back to work. You're excited. You send an email to the company. Guess what? I'm ready to come back to work. No response. No uh, uh, come into a meeting. No start Monday. Nothing. Uh, well, no response, frankly, is the same as telling you no. That's, that's what it means. And the company has to respond. You are an employee of their company. So by them not responding, by them ignoring you, it's as if they've said no. And that is illegal. You're, you have a right to your job. You have a right to be considered for any available positions. Uh, if legitimately there's no positions, then you, you have to be provided with your severance. But a company ignoring could be a human rights issue. Absolutely, certainly could be considered a wrongful dismissal as well. So if you're not getting that response from your company, if they're not getting back to you, let me get involved. Oftentimes, a short letter or even an email from me may give, uh, give the company the necessary kick in the pants to deal with it. Uh, but that's really uh, not appropriate for a company to ignore you. Let, let's deal with that so that yeah. they give you a response and that you know where you stand. We'll get Margin here quickly. says, uh, my company just offered me a promotion, which I do not want to accept. I would like to know if they can fire me for rejecting that promotion. So remember the rule. Uh, the rule is that you can be let go pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid. So, yeah, could she be let go for refusing the promotion? Sure. Yes, she could. That would not be nice and that would not be fair, but it would be legal as long as she got her severance. I don't think necessarily it's likely to happen, but it is possible. But what the company absolutely could not do, could not, is to say, well, we think that that's so bad that you didn't accept that we think we have just cause to let you go, so now we're going to let you go without severance. No way. Absolutely not. That cannot happen. But yes, something to consider. Could they say, well, 
then we'll, you know, we, we wanted you in that position since you've refused. We don't have another job, so we're going to let you go. Yeah, they can do that. Uh, a company can always do that, but they absolutely have to pay severance. That'll do it for another night. Appreciate you uh, tuning in and hanging out with us. You want to reach out now that we are complete. one 821 5900 That is the number to reach Lior and his team, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website and the email we use, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Have a great night. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA.